Poseidon, the ruler of the seas and all that dwell within them. His rule over the oceans is unquestioned. There are those who serve him with tridents and with infinite knowledge of all things submarine. They are known by many names. Coners. Weaponeers. The Merry Men of Sherwood Forest. But by Poseidon himself, they are called... The Subvets. Man Battle Station Missile for WSRT. Set up all missiles. This is a terrible color. It makes me kind of sick. Fish. Yeah, what a way to celebrate New Year's Eve. To undertake an exercise of this scope may be, with respect, premature. Uh, how do I get below, sir? I, I've never been aboard a submarine before. There's the hatch. It goes down. Hold on a second, Dave. Oh, oh, here comes another roll. Oh, oh, oh. oh man. Oh. Oh. oh, man. Yeah, I feel like I just did state 17 C's going up ways both ways. That's Kyle. <laughs> Sorry, man, I need some crackers. Oh, you got, you got to make sure you get your Dramanine when you... Is this Dramanine or Dramanine or Dramanine? I can't remember. I just remember they used to announce it over the one in C. The doc will be pe- uh, passing out Dramanine before we deploy, you know, for out of port. The reason being is, you know, we had these 12-hour transits out of Hoylock, Scotland. And during the wintertime, you know, it was, I think, what was the actual state C's? I was joking about state 17, but that's what it felt like, state four or five. But, you know, you get to rock and rolling and – and the problem, Dave, is that, you know, your body has these little uh, nap sins, nap things in your ears, like the hairs, I think. And you have to have your eyes for another input and reference. Yeah, you just, just start rolling back and forth. But you, all you see is the inside of the submarine. We would just stare at the launcher panel, rocking back and forth. And then it would start, as we start to get further out, it start rocking so bad. The sail, I think the sail was actually slapping the water. And the whole boat would shudder. We're eating backers and, and all the guys. We're just, everybody just huddled over a garbage bag or a garbage can, whatever you could find. And it was just 12 hours of pure hell all the way out. And we, when you heard, dive, dive. I mean, you could just hear everybody go, thank the gods. <laughs> you know, I'm. I'm blessed. I was telling a friend of mine the other day that I'm I'm kind of blessed. Uh, in fact, I think it was Bill. I was on his show. I, I've I've only been seasick one time in my life, and it was on the Liberty launch in Pearl Harbor, going from the main island to Fort Island, the very early in the morning after my 21st birthday party. So I'm not even sure I was technically seasick. I may have just been sick. Because it was also the first time I was ever inebriated. Welcome to the show. Wait, wait. <laughs> hey, welcome, welcome, Dave. 
It's nice to see you. I, I was glad you showed up. Glad to see everybody here. Yeah, I was too. <laughs> so lots of news to get to today, most of it having to do with surface transits. And, and uh, of course, the biggest news today, and today as we record this is Wednesday the 15th of December, in the year of your Lord, 2015. Um, the biggest news this afternoon was USS Connecticut pulling out of San Diego and... For those of you that have been to the Subvet Facebook page, you'll notice we have a lot of video and photographs. This all came about because, um, I'm not sure how to say this, because, you know, OPSEC. I got a tip. I'm in the media, folks. I, I, I work in the media. So I got a tip that something was happening. So I went and looked for webcams from San Diego, and I came across a, an absolutely great San Diego webcam. San Diego webcam.com, I think is the, and, the name of it. And you just took screenshots initially? As initially, it was I was just taking screenshots. And then I just said, why don't I just record this? And so I let it run. Um, it's a live webcam of the San Diego Harbor. Uh -huh. And it's obviously, it's not a single webcam. It's at least four webcams. And they obviously have somebody directing it because he's he or she is moving the cameras around, twisting and turning. Yeah, there was other interested parties, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so they were watching. Um, I got a tip, and so I tuned in, and I saw a bunch of sailboats, which is always cool because I like sailboats. And right. then uh, I think it was USS Mustin, the mighty Mustin which is a DDG, Arleigh Burke class DDG, that got mm -hmm. underway. And they followed her basically from 32nd Street all the way around Coronado Island, all the way out past uh, Zeninga Point. And as soon right. as she got around Cabrillo National Monument, right, so she's actually in the Pacific Ocean, she started taking, I mean, she was digging into swells and rolling. Oh all that my kind gosh. of stuff. And I'm thinking, oh my God, if what's about to happen is going to actually happen, these guys are in for, and, and sure enough, as soon as the Mustang was out of sight, camera turns around to the sub base piers at, at uh, Point Loma and backing away from the pier with a singular tug, one. See, I'm a Trident guy. I'm used to having three tugs to do anything. Yeah. yeah one, right? <laughs> one tug. And they're just back. They only backed her off the pier, maybe, maybe 20, 30 yards. And I just let her go Pfft, on her way. And she, she headed out. Well, you could really see, you know, missing parts on the front end. There was a couple good shots that you got there. And I and, didn't uh, get the, I didn't send you the best shot. There's one very clear shot that I have that clearly shows that the sonar dome itself is uh -huh. still attached. Now the nose, so it, uh, the nose cone is gone, but the sonar, now whether or not it works or not, that's another story, but see, it is clearly so, still attached. Because it didn't look like, like when, when the uh, San Francisco, collided, I mean, you, you could see damage well past the sonar dome. Right. I mean, stress fractures down the hole. And this one doesn't seem to have, I mean, it looks bad, but it doesn't look as bad as the San Fran. That's no, for sure. she's not nearly in that shape. Um, there is a wide white band around the, the bow. So it looks like they may have cut away 
some of the remaining nose cone. Uh, they did something to seal it. But man, those forward bulkheads are open to the ocean. The sonar dome sticking out in front of it. Those yeah, bulkheads no are open to the ocean. No I don't, I don't I'll get it. So, I mean, we got this bad weather trucking through here, which you would have saw yeah, yesterday. We're, yesterday yeah, we're, having, or, we're having it right now. It's still they, pouring they, right here. Well, they had to time this with the weather, right? <laughs> I mean, San Diego, not just... if you watch the video on the subvets, um, on the subvet, Facebook page. The weather in San Diego is beautiful. Now I'm told. Yeah, like Sunday. I got a good friend that's stationed down there. I'm told that it's cold, but nice. I mean, it's 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 San Diego, so cold is a relative term. You're in Colorado, so cold to you is, you know, minus seventy with the wind blowing. Oh come on! <laughs> I grew up there, man. I know. <laughs> I'm in Denver. It's not that bad. Yeah, not anymore. No, it's too much concrete. Here, you know, here it'll get down to thirties. Yeah, but San Diego cold is, you know, 65. Right. So. Yeah, but what I'm talking about is it goes further north. You know, you're going right. to get into the, I mean, it's just, just a, you always had bad weather coming through. Or at least it's overcast. Right. Going through Bremerton. It is. It is overcast. It is raining here. But now here's the thing. I, again, I got out the Google Earth this afternoon, Eric, because that's what I do. Right. Yeah, that's I your thing. Think, started thinking. Okay. So San Diego to the Straits of Juan de Fuca. Because I didn't, I didn't try to trace it down the Straits of Juan de Fuca all the way to Bremerton, but but I went to the Straits of Juan de Fuca. Roughly fifteen hundred nautical miles, roughly. And now, as compared to the transit they already made, right, which, which was, was six thousand miles. Oh, so. um, and they did not pull into Pearl Harbor. They stood off, I guess, Hawaii, and waited. As I understand it now, this is not official. But this is my understanding. There was an escort change at Hawaii. So they were escorted. Um, but 1,500 miles roughly from San Diego to the Straits of Juan de Fuca. And that doesn't include, you know, if they have to route around traffic or weather. All right. So figure what? 10, 12 knots tops? And I don't yeah. even know if they can make that because... By the time they got around Cabrillo National Monument, if you're looking at a map, and headed out into the ocean where the where the Mustin was nosediving and and taking taking water, man, you can see it on the video that those waves are hitting, and I mean hitting that forward bulkhead that's exposed. Yeah, where's that, that article? They said they could probably got extra watches watching where the damage might have been. Yeah, and that's make sure water integrity. She looks like she's diving. On some of those swells. And those aren't even big swells, folks. Those are typical Pacific winter swells. I mean, they're not, uh -huh. th this isn't a storm. So it looked pretty rough going around there. I would imagine, uh, I can't, I can't even imagine how sick those guys have been. You're doing those 12 hour transits on the surface. You guys, uh, you guys ever just strap plastic damage. bags? Yeah. And they have damage. You guys ever just strap those plastic bags to your head? <laughs> That's right. They're just going to be puking the whole time. You got to break out the crackers. And Well, you know, we had the hardcore guys, man, that would make fun of, because, you know, a good deal of us, we would be puking on real bad transits on the surface. There'd be guys that they would break out the sardines and eat in front. But what you guys complaining about? What's the problem? You know, just eating sardines on a cracker. Like, oh, gosh. <laughs> 
So I'm going to tell my little story a little bit later in the show. But we were on the surface in a storm and taking pretty good rolls. And again, people were getting sick. And I'm, like I said, I'm blessed. I don't know what the deal is. But we had a guy, Todd McCary, Todd freaking McCary. So everybody, all the sick people are in the ship's lounge, forward, port side on a Trident missile compartment, third level. Now, right. it's right up against the hull, so you got the hull curvature. The tables are set. You mean you can't move them. So all these people are sitting outboard around this table. So they're trapped. They can't really move quick, right? And their heads oh, are on no. the table, and they're like, oh. Just oh, green in the face. Yeah. <laughs> and the crackers are all over the table and everything. And I'm just standing there. I, I just walked in for a minute because I saw Todd walking down the passageway, and I thought, He's up to something. Mm. <laughs> so I followed him into the cruise lounge, right? And he's right. standing there, and it's hard to describe verbally, but his mouth is shut. And he's got that, like, puffy, like he's got air in his, you know, like he's not feeling good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're about ready to go. And he's doing about that. Right up, <laughs> but you can see in his eyes that he's not sick. You know the Wait, eyes, he, right? Hey, did he have like a little bit of a smile going yes. on at the same time? Yes. <laughs> I've seen that look. <laughs> so I go into cruise lodge, I follow the cruise, and all these guys are down, and the ship is rolling, right? So he stands up against missile tube too, and he's just waiting. So the ship rolls, and he's looking up at them, and then the ship rolls, and he's looking down at them, and then it rolls, and he's looking up, and, right? And I looked at him and said, what are you up to? And he just looked at me, and you could tell he was smiling. You could tell he was trying not to laugh, but he wouldn't open his mouth. What the heck is he doing? So sure enough, he waits until the ship rolls, and he's looking down at, at the guys on the at the cruise lounge, right? Making eye contact with whoever might right. look up. And this guy, Todd, has filled his mouth with oatmeal, oatmeal I, milk, I and raisins. <laughs> and he goes, all over it, all over it. And oh, it, was like, you, it was like a sympathetic detonation, man. It started on one end, and it just bleh, 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 bleh. Then, you, then you had a power puke in oh, the Philharmonic Orchestra after that. I started laughing at him. I said, "I can't believe you pulled that off." And went up there, and it was that's uh, horrible. It was, it's horrible, but you know what? It was great. Me so. Well, no, I was coming up, you know, because another part of, you know, the article, they're saying, you know, this might be it for Connecticut. They might just have to decap. It was your, uh, yeah, your uh, interview with uh, Bill Mick down there in Melbourne, right. WMMB. You said this could be, you know, they could be done. And that that could be a possibility because of, of lack of repair uh, parts. And, you know, I've seen what a couple of those stories out there. It's not without precedent. Remember the La Jolla? Uh -huh. Was it La Jolla or... I don't remember which boat it was now. Now I can't Providence. One of the one of the one of the 688s was over near Russia in the early 90s. And the Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge, that's who it was. Baton yeah, Rouge. Yeah. And a, a Soviet Sierra surfaced underneath them. Now there's a lot of discussion about whether or not that was accidental or mm, not so much an accident. But the damage was such to to Baton Rouge that she was decommissioned. She was done. Yeah. She was pretty new. I mean, she couldn't have been. Well, I mean, what they started commissioning LAs in seventy seven, 
so she couldn't have been couldn't have been speaking, more than 10 speaking years old. Cold War stories and, and colliding in with the you know our Russian buddies. But uh I was in the VA uh was it I think it was just yesterday. Yeah, was it yesterday I told you I was in? I yeah. said, Hey, yeah, I heard this guy. So I was talking to this guy, and you know, he was in from 67 to 71. You know, he had a hat on. So obviously, you know, I'm going, hey, Bubblehead, what's going on? He sees my hat. But he's a little older, a little harder hearing. His wife was helping him. You know, he using the, a cane to walk and stuff. But he was on the USS Tatog, which is a famous boat, mm-hmm. which the Navy still never disclosed that they ever hit anybody. <laughs> but, but it wasn't Blind Man's Bluff. And I found a cool article in the Chicago Tribune. I should post that on the group so everybody after this we can see it. But you know they hit a Soviet missile sub, so they were they were just following them. You know that's kind of like we do, but you know back then we weren't following. Crazy so we were, we yeah, we were just surveying the bottom. You know we weren't over there doing. No, I mean we were following the rules. We're twelve miles out. I'm sure, probably not. But yeah, he did crazy. Ivan circled back, and he and he, yeah, this guy. So I, I didn't remember the incident, but after he told me, he goes, he goes, yeah, I was on the tattoo when, when, when we did the collect and it ripped our entire sail off. I'm like, holy cow. And then it clued into me. I'm like, oh, this is the famous story. Here's a guy right in front of me that was there. Wow. And, then, and you know, and the, the bad part of that story is, is I, I treat anybody, anybody that's willing to go down a submarine, no matter what country you know, is it should be a plot for, you know, the, the bravery it takes to do that. <laughs> and then to be with all your brothers and stuff. And unfortunately in that accident, it, it was told, we don't, you know, like Navy won't confirm us, but they heard the Soviet missile submarine breaking up as it, because <laughs> it sustained so much damage from hitting the sail. I guess it probably gutted it out, but they, they heard the sonar team heard it breaking up on the way down, which was, that's about, but you know, to meet somebody that was actually there in person and talk to them. It's kind of like talking to those old World War II sub bets that we were talking about the other podcast, you know? Yeah. Get, get a some second those, to listen to these old guys tell their stories, man. That was really cool. Really some cool. of those stories are amazing. We have a guy on the sub vets page, sub vet page, sorry, uh, Jerry Pate, who is, um, he's an interesting guy because he went, he started as a sonar tech. And ended up, I, I believe, as an officer. Don't quote me on that, but but he started in in diesel boats, and he's yeah. got some tales. And if you, uh, I'm trying to get him to record them so we can we can actually hear him, because I think if you hear him in his voice, it's better than just reading it. But but he's written his some of his stories on on various pages, including the Subvet uh, Facebook group, and they are man, <laughs> they're just really amazing stories. So I'm hoping to get more of that. I'm hoping uh, what I'd really like to do is start getting a lot of sea stories. And I'm trying can... to remember. There was a site that had the tales from the after battery. Yeah. Those were great. Did that, you ever read them? Yes, I oh, did. My. And the, um, great stories. I don't remember the guy's name. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Yeah. But me he too. passed away recently. Yes. Or, or, I think. Yeah. I was told that. So that's what I happened talk? to that website. But yeah, what I'd really like to do is, is get people to let me record your stories. Because let me tell you. It, number one, most of you, Jerry not being Jerry being the exception, but most of you are never going to write these down. But right. if you'll if you'll talk to us, and, and I'm not even that's what I told Jerry. I don't even want to interview you. I don't even want to ask you questions. I don't want to say anything. I just 
just tell me your story like we're sitting over a beer somewhere. Just let it go. Yeah. yeah just- and I'd, I'd love to do that. And if you're interested in doing that, if you drop me an email, Dolphin Dave, just like it sounds, Dolphin Dave, at slipperyfish.com. I'd love to talk to people and uh, we'll set up a time to do that. And and because I, I really do believe this is what I told Jerry yesterday when I was talking to him. You know, the World War II generation is just about gone. Right. And the likelihood it, of us getting more stories from them is, is pretty low. But we're the Cold War generation. In addition to being the submarine experts, we are the Cold War generation. And we've got stories to tell. And right. many of those stories are becoming... Less and less mission, you know, critical, classified, terribly. <laughs> and, and, yeah, it'd be nice if it's something we can get a few of the stories out, especially, right. you know, this stuff that's 40 years old now. I mean, you're talking 50s and 60s. And yeah, I know some of that's probably still pretty re- relevant, but some of it, yeah. and that's what I told Jerry. I'm, we're not going to get any classified stuff, mm-hmm. but man, I want those stories and I would love for us to be able to just share. And, and again, it wouldn't be an interview. You, you don't necessarily have to be on the show mm-hmm. here with us. Just tell us your story and mm-hmm. we'll, we'll do something. We'll either make it a separate show. We'll, we'll insert it here, something along that line. And, and well, the same thing, anybody here in the Colorado area, I've got the equipment. I can do an in-person interview, same thing. And, and we can get Eric at the subvet.com and we, let me know, and I'll, we can get the stories down because I know there's some submariners in this area too. Up here as well, um, and of course I'm up here in the I call it the submarine capital of the world, but Groton gets Groton gets mad when I say that. Well, they're building a new uh, submarine building facility out there. Is that EB that's doing that, or is yeah, that somebody back else? in Groton somewhere? I don't. Know. Anyway, but there's a lot of you around here too. So, but again, it's the 21st century, so we have technology. We can talk to anybody anywhere. But we need right. to get these stories down and we need to, these stories that Jerry is telling are just, they're just engrossing. Gems. I mean, <laughs> you start reading it. It's like he, he stops. He, he goes, well, that's yeah. it for today. And I'm like, no. I'm yeah. start it, so he's, does he got that storytelling talent? You yeah, know, where you, did, you know, some people are just really good at yeah. t- telling the story. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm going to have to start reading his stories. Like I watch Netflix, right? <laughs> they, they release a new episode of a show on Netflix every week. I have to wait until the show's done because I don't want to stop. I just keep watching and watching. Yeah. We're going to have to do that. That's good stuff. No, so well, I had it. So you got the Zuma class, right? You know, I I think I was kind of talking to you about this. That's a stealth uh, destroyer. Is that what is that? DDG? The Zoom wall. Yeah. Yeah. So what we can do is instead of, if we we have to get rid of the Connecticut, we can just take one of these DCOM frigates or something wrong. Take the front end off, put it on the on the front Jeez. front of the Connecticut, and we can have a mini zoom walk class. It's stealthy, right? Work, yeah. I mean, these guys have really done a good job. Six thousand miles doing another thousand. These guys deserve their surface. Yeah, they deserve their surface warfare pen. I'm thinking probably. I wonder. I, I mean, wonder if so they maybe uh, should reach out to the Navy and and make sure that happens. Yeah. I wonder if they would get. I, I wonder. <laughs> you know, who knows what the Navy these days what they would do. <laughs> At any rate. So have you seen the pictures of the Zoom Walt lately? The Zoom Walt, the 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 stealth destroyer, the 14,000 ton destroyer. It. it makes the front page of the papers in England because I guess it looks like crap. 
it's all rusty. Yeah. yeah. And there was a lot of pride in that. And I don't think it turned out to be what they thought it was going to oh, be. God, the no. Farscape of it. Yeah. No, no, it did not. And the one of one. <laughs> well, there's three of them though. It's like, kind of like the sea wolf. There's three of them. So oh, they must've found some capability if they built two more. Yeah. I was know? always curious about that hull shape. Cause they went back to the tumble home hull yeah. shape. The, the pre-World War One dreadnought shape. I just doesn't seem like it would ride that smoothly to me, but so far, no It's all about the stealth, you know, uh, it, it, the radar cross-section yeah. and all, it, stuff that I'm not familiar with. See, I'm not going to act like so I know can, anything about we it. We hide from radar all the time. All we got to do is go deep. Go deep. Radar deep can't quiet. get you underwater. Yeah, that's right. Just like Jesus. <laughs> Jesus can't get you if you're underwater. You know that. I didn't know that. You know why? Because he walks on top of the water. Jesus never That's walks. That's right. He doesn't look down. That's right. Oh, so, oh man. So there you Boy, go. We're gonna we're gonna get some emails now. You're safe from <laughs> Jesus. He can't catch it. So we were on. I, I get that story with Todd. I, I'm, I'm thinking it was like Patrol Five or Seven. I don't remember. But we were in the middle of the operating area, which I can't tell you, but is in the Pacific Ocean, and. Yeah. This kids, this was long before there were satellites and all that crap. We didn't, we didn't have any of that nonsense. You got a weather report every twelve or fifteen hour, eighteen hours. I don't remember, and it was about like your weather report on your local news channel. It's you know maybe it is, maybe it ain't. You know, right? So we were roughly three hundred miles from a from a hurricane, which I believe at the time they still called them typhoons in the Pacific. Who knows? But I think they still do. Yeah. But it was a hurricane type storm, but it wasn't a huge one. It was a cat two, maybe into a cat three. Uh-huh. And so since we weren't alert yet, someone hit on the bright idea of we needed to do a reactor scram drill. So scram the reactor, shut it down, do a slow recovery, which means we got to come up and snorkel for what does it take to re- recover a coal? What does a slow recovery take? A couple hours? I'm not yeah. a nuke, so I don't, you know, I am a submarine expert, but, uh, but I'm not a nuclear expert. Sorry, nuclear expert. Uh-huh. Right? <laughs> we come up to snorkel, and as soon as we hit about mm, feet, we started realizing that mm, we're not 400 miles from this storm. <laughs> and we got to, we got to PD, run up the snorkel mast, and it was like, we are definitely not a long way from this storm. We are smack dab in the middle of this storm. Yeah, it was bad, huh? With no reactor. So oh. we're on the diesel. And so not only do you have the pitching so you got the and the head rock valve and roll, closing, you got all the head valve doing that thing, you had diesel <laughs> smoke coming in. And, I mean, it was just a it was a it was a night, but so that was the night Todd pulled his thing. But the other games we played was now, on our boats, Machinery 1 was forward. On the Grant and your boats, the Machinery 1 was right. out. But Machinery 1 is where the diesel is. And under the diesel is a bilge, but it has a walkway over it with a with a, a metal grate walkway. Yeah, I remember what it looks like. With, yeah. with a hatch that, that opens up. And so we would tell people, I'm not making this up, we would tell people, are you not feeling good? What you need to do is go down to Machinery 1 get down in the bilge where it's cool and you know the water that sloshes around in there just just, just lay in it just wash just, that water it'll help you calm down it'll give you a reference point <laughs> and then we would stand on top of the grate with the grate you know we'd, we'd stand on top of the grate 
and we'd stand there with a stopwatch <laughs> and see who could last the longest. <laughs> Let me out of here! I mean, you guys are bad. We were mean. You know, when you were t- telling that story, I was thinking because you know when you when you got to the boat early eighties, right? Yep. Yeah, I mean, your your captain it was and it was full bird captain back he then. Was. It was like, uh, he was. He definitely. Captain. Yeah, he definitely would have been a, a, a guy trained by Admiral. Uh, oh my gosh, Rickover, Rickover. Yeah, because yeah, he would definitely would have done some dancing with him. So, and he, he, you know, Rickover's philosophy was what the best time to do is drills when everything's under stress. And he was probably like, "Hey, Rickover, said hurricane. Let's do a rack scram. Perfect time." Well, we were in the middle of it, so <laughs> the only thing we didn't do was a missile drill or a missile fizzle drill. You know, that would have been. That would have been great. We, what, that, we that's just do, in the movies on Crimson yeah. Tide. So. We should do a simulated. We should do a, do a WSRT right now too, just because you know, <laughs> just right. Because there's nothing missiles love more than just rocking and rolling. And right. can you imagine having to re you know, <laughs> reboot them every five seconds? <laughs> Respin them up. Yeah. <laughs> again, yeah. drops again. Yeah, that would be great. Those were the days. Those man. were. The days I can't even imagine. You know, we did. Uh, we would do a surface transit here. I think it was about four hours from Bangor to Port Angeles. That's rough. And I was small boat handling party talking phone talker, so I was topside the whole way. Um, and I loved it, except for November when we would go out and because then it would be cooled and and wet, and that would suck. But you know, generally that was a great uh, great transit coming in from Port Angeles going down past Port Gamble and the, the um, Port Townsend and then the, through the Hood Canal Bridge and then... Yeah, I mean, it's just a beautiful area yeah. to, to come in on. It was great. And it was relatively as calm. Scotland. Yeah, it was relatively <laughs> calm compared to Scotland. Now, well, boy, you knew when you got into the Straits of Juan de Fuca and those Pacific swells are coming in and they get funneled through the States, man, and you're like, you go from that, that almost ferry sounding, the Seattle, the Washington State ferries make this noise out on the water. So you go from that to all of a sudden the ship is, is pitching and stuff. Right. it was, uh, it was fun. I'm glad I didn't get seasick except for Pearl Harbor, which kind of sucked. But, but right. again, it was my 21st birthday party. So I'm pretty sure it wasn't seasickness. <laughs> it was a, yeah, might've been just a little bit of alcohol. Me and alcohol, we, we had some fun back in the days. We used to date for a long time. Yeah. Not anymore. I broke up with him. Yeah. You got religion. And <laughs> anyway, we, <Yeah. laughs> we finally got to Fort Island, like four thirty five in the morning. And it was still dark. Cause it was my birthday's in September. And it, for some reason, it was still pitch dark, and there was no moon. So we're walking across Fort Island because we're bo- we're birthed over at Fox Twelve. If you're looking at a map of Pearl Harbor where the wreck of the USS Utah is, we're we're right, right after her. Okay, so we're walking across Fort Island, kids. This was before they built the bridge, all that crap. This is back when you had to be a real <laughs> sailor. And somebody, I think it was Marty Person, found a coconut, and for some reason, this coconut fascinated us. And so they're trying to smash the coconut on the, on the concrete of Fort Island and we're throwing it like a football and just having a ball. What we didn't know was, you know where all the admirals in the Pacific fleet live? On Fort Island. On Fort Island. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we got a visit from the, uh, the shore patrol people. Well, we got yeah, to surface, the, surface admirals don't take yeah. too kindly to oh, hijinks of submariners. No. We got to the. Found that out in Norfolk. 
<laughs> there was this one strip of asphalt that ran across the runway and it was just pitch black. So you got this gray concrete that we're playing on and then you get to this pitch black asphalt strip and there's no moon, nothing. Like 20 of us just stop at the edge of this thing. <laughs> we're looking at mm -hmm. it like, is this a chasm to hell? Is it? It's like people touching it with their foot to see if it's real or not. Man, tell you what, though, that coconut, uh, we got it down to the ship, and the next day they had the hacksaws, and they were going to get that thing open. I'll and they say, finally did. Yeah. And and did, I know you're going to send me did emails. Did you have some of it? Yeah, of course I did. I love oh, coconut. Uh, people are oh, going to send me emails. Damien, coconut is easy to open. If you buy them <laughs> at the supermarket, yeah. If you get a real one. They're not as easy as you think they are. Yeah, you got to get that husk off. So, oh yeah, it's a lot of fun. It was, uh, it was kind of a mess. I don't, I don't know, man. Those were those were the days. I I can't even imagine. I'm I'm just sitting here trying to think. You know, it's dark out here now. Connecticut's out there in that water, man. They're every time they're hitting a wave. You you mentioned the waves hitting the Fairwater Plains, mm -hmm. and that boom that you would get and. Imagine they're getting that every freaking wave that hits the bow of that ship. Right. And it's shaking. It's got to be a lot. Of, and on top of that, knowing that it's damaged and you're going, is the water going to come in? Do people think, you know, I, mm. that's, I got to give it to, I mean, if, if, if I, if I was asked, Hey, you want to ride the boat up to Bremerton? I'd be like, no, but you know, if you're a member of the crew, well, you know, and you're in the Navy and you're enlisted, well, you might not have much you know, choice in the matter. May not. So. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. That, I, I mean, it, I mean, it makes you wonder, Hey, uh, some of you guys, if you guys don't really want to do this, you know, you guys are ride a bus up. We'll meet you. I'm sure that conversation didn't happen. Did you, did you buy that article's <laughs> argument about skeleton crew? So in the article that the drive had, they're talking about, Oh, maybe they flew a bunch of the crew off and it's a skeleton crew. And like, no, I don't buy that because no. you're a submariner. You know, George Patton used to say that about the cooks in the army. You're still a rifleman. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't care if you're an FT or an ET or an MT or an IC. And I know all these rates are non-existent anymore. I get it. But if you're a qualified submariner, you can do whatever they need done on that ship. And I would I imagine there was a new, bunch of new watch stations because of the yeah, damage. Right. So, so you're going to stand forward watch. You're going to stay security. wise you're going to, you're going to drive and dive. Well, not dive, but you're going to drive. You're going to stand lookout. I mean, I qualified lookout. I yeah. did it because I wanted to, and it was fun, but you know, imagine having to do it for real. It makes me wonder if anybody is in a sale because those things there can is. take some dive under the water with the damage in the front, you know, yeah. the hydrodynamics being gone. There's got to be somebody in the sale. There's got to be at least at least two people. Man, but probably I, hope more. I hope they're tied in. Because, you know, <laughs> you know, I was thinking about that. I mean, I, look, we we would have regularly two lookouts. So two lookouts, an OOD, and mm. maybe somebody just hanging out, usually me. Um but you would have to have that because you know as well as I do, Eric, that the Chinese, sorry, the communist, communist, or as I like to call them, the West Taiwanese, you know they got <laughs> the, ships all over the Pacific Ocean. The CCP. That are, right. That are going, oh, look, there might be a submarine over there. Reroute ourselves and, and see what's happening. I haven't gone on maritime right. traffic lately, but I... I I would be suspicious of 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 that of of ships trying to get a closer view. 
Right. And so, I well, can't... speaking of Chinese, you see all the the t- Twitter chatter. I just saw briefly today. You know, so the Chinese are claiming it was one of the that the Connecticut hit one of the underworld drones. Well, there's some Chinese operatives or propagandists on Twitter saying that we hit one of their underwater drones. You sent that to me. It took me forever to figure out what it was because I, I don't know what and account that was. I've never seen his thing yeah. either. <laughs> he sent me this Twitter account. He says, look at this. I'm like, what the hell am I looking at here? Sorry. What the heck am it, I it, looking at here? And it took me forever to even figure out what they were talking about. So, And it, it took me forever to figure out that it was Chinese people claiming that we hit their underwater drone. Right. And I sense uh, there's some pictures of it. That thing's like the size of a small truck. Yeah, I'm it's it's not. S- but do you think that thing is? But big I don't know. Enough? I don't know if it's big enough to do that kind of damage. Oh, that's what. And, and see, that's what unless, I was thinking. Unless it was, unless it had some speed on it or something, maybe. But if I don't know. But if it had some speed on it, wouldn't they have heard? Yeah. They, well, what's the what's the purpose of going on? What, these guys, because you can see they have the uh, Asian tags on their Twitter right, accounts. Right. What's the purpose of them even saying that in, in, in the first place? Well, you know, <laughs> if just, you're if you're a West Taiwanese, don't you want to try to blame Americans for this whole thing? They, I mean, well, they were trying to do that from the beginning. Right. They're like, well, just admit where you're at. Right. We Which, of course, we're not did. going to. Yeah, your but. your reactor busted and let out a bunch of reactor juice and it's killing all our fish. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know about you know about reactor juice, right? I do. It's green. It's I green do. in it's the green movies. and it glows in the dark. Yeah, yeah. yeah it goes. <laughs> I always wanted to get one of those, um, you know, thing glow in the dark glow sticks. You know, yeah, the glow sticks. That's what exactly I was just thinking about. Yeah, cut <laughs> it open, pour it on my shoes, walk back to maneuver. Well, hey, you guys know this big wait, valve you got over here. You know that's how they make those, right? The, all the decom submarines, they take the reactor juice out and they. Put them in, put in the glow things. sticks, and that's what they do. Yeah, huh? let the you let the kids play with them. It's no big deal. <laughs> hey, why not? They let a bunch of submariners play with it. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's a good thing we're experts on this stuff because you can trust what we have to say about it, right? That's right. No, we, we're doing. We, yeah, it's, I, so I'm I'm still curious about that. I, I I'm not surprised that the Kami Chinese or the West Taiwanese are claiming that. That we hit something of theirs, but it just it it doesn't look. How would that mobile autonomous underwater vehicle AUV mm-hmm. have ripped off the entire dome? And unless you hit it, drove it into the bottom, and then ran over it, which I can't imagine anybody would do. I mean, mm-hmm. if you hit something, what's the first command you're going to hear? All stop, mm-hmm. all back, whatever. I mean. Nobody's well, going to go all ahead flank. <laughs> right. We, we, you know, think, think about, I mean, when we were in, obviously UUVs weren't really a no. thing yet. They, they was experimental at best, but now that's a, that's a threat that you got to worry about in the underwater spectrum. As yeah. a, some, it'd be interesting to, to hear those discussions about, you know, what, 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 I mean, dealing with that, kind of warfare mindset well the problem with that is anybody that actually knows anything about that stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not going to talk about it what well, i mean they can tell us a little bit right just the highlights right no 
No. <laughs> still waiting. Don't, to tell, hear, don't, don't tell me anything. <laughs> still waiting to hear from the guys on the halibut, you know, about finding the K129 because they used one of those early models of that and they won't right. talk about it. And that was 50 years ago. Yeah. And then, well, like all the guys they interviewed for that blind men's blood documentary, that was funny. And, you know, so, how, you know, what was her name? Sherry, Sherry, Sherry Sontag. Sontag and yeah, so they they got they got all this information from somewhere. But you know, when they interviewed the submariners and asked them about, it, I'm like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. See, I have this theory about that book, and it's a great book. Don't get me wrong. If if you don't know anything about submarines, it's a great book. If you're a submariner, you read it and you go, maybe, maybe not. But I have this theory, mm -hmm. which is that they have one friend that they got drunk one night, and. And told them a bunch of stories. Because I like to do that too. Right <laughs> I like to tell people stories about submarines that are completely made up. I mean, there's just nothing yeah. in them that's that's true at all. And hope that hope that they'll go out and repeat them. But I don't know. It just it's too too clean for me. And I, John Craven's book was because John Craven, the guy that invented NAVC or whatever it is, the he wrote a book. And his book is 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 like twelve chapters of this could happen, but I can't talk about it. This yeah, may have Craven happened. Was, he was involved in a lot. Yes, of he was. He's the guy that points out that when they raised the K one twenty nine. Yeah, I was just thinking about right. that. He he's the guy that points the out Glomar that Glomar Explorer. Right. <laughs> he's the guy that points out that Nixon came out to Hawaii to give a bunch of awards to people for for some special op and then disappeared for a couple of days and nobody to this day knows where he went. But all of a sudden when he came back from wherever it is, he went, we had detente with the Soviets. Huh? And he's kind of like, mm, no, I'm not saying this is what happened is what he says, but here's a possibility. <laughs> what if he took all these pictures and the proof that we had raised the 129? And met with, who was the private you know, premier back then? Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Brezhnev? Brezhnev, yeah. Said, it was uh, definitely Brezhnev. Yeah. So unless you want all this stuff in the newspapers, why don't we just start getting along? And Brezhnev probably looked at it and went, mm, it's cheaper to get along. Yeah. Detente. Everybody's happy. Yay! And Nixon, anyway, Craven's the guy that came up with that, that crazy wackadoodle theory. Because <laughs> you know it's crazy. It's the kind of stuff that a drunk submariner would tell you because he wants you to believe it. And if you, t well, if I was to get drunk again, I'll be talking about UFOs and aliens. That's, That's my true. thing. Yeah. This is true. He he certainly would. Folks, That's where I'd be going. I don't even get him drunk, folks. And I half half the texts he sends me are, are not I'm about the show. It's all about aliens. Yeah, you ask me a question. I'm like, Wait, it's the aliens, Dave. <laughs> For those of you just joining the show. The sub vets, the submarine experts. Uh, I'm not a conspiracy guy. Eric is. So oh, send, yeah. your, send your conspiracy theories to Eric at the subvet.com. Send Love your the conspiracy, especially if you know anything about these uh, underwater, you know, trans, uh, what do they call it? Transmedium vehicles going from underwater. I thought to, you were going to say trans submarines. Uh, trans submarines. Well, it could be they a trans submarine. They identify yeah. as he's, not she's. That's <laughs> Anyway. I could say anything, man. <laughs>
So oh, great stuff. I wanted to leave you with this, just a thought kind of thing here tonight. In 1986, it was October 31st, as a matter of fact, at 525 in the afternoon, uh, Michigan, my boat, had a major engineering casualty. Major, okay? Kind of thing that caused us to have to, I mean, we were six out, we were supposed to go alert at midnight. And we did not go alert. We had to go back to the banger, okay? And I, to this day, and I've done a show about this on my show. You can go to the uh, to my web, to my YouTube channel. You can see where I've done a show about my Navy career. But there's one whole episode of that show dedicated to that night where I tell you what, what I did, what I saw, what I experienced, what I thought. And most of the people that have talked to me about it since then that were there they've they've confirmed most of what I thought and what I believed and, and had similar experiences, right? Years later, and by years later, I mean close to 40 years later, I mean June of this year, okay? I sat down with one of our radio men from that night who I'd never talked to about this. Right. And he gave me another side of this story that was absolutely amazing. And it's kind of the point I want to make about this whole USS Connecticut thing. Now I'm oh, on so record. He was, at, he was actually outside at MCC for the casualty. Yeah, he was in radio. So <laughs> I'm joking yeah, with yeah. you. <laughs> so I know it's a, I know it's a weird thing. Yeah, but I, I, I actually that, had I, friends that were outside FT, MCC. It's just a known fact. FTBs don't wear steam suits ever. No, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> I would you ever wear a steam suit? Jeez. Anyway, uh, one of the points I've made about Connecticut, and I will continue to make this point, is. You can take any of the guys on, or guys or gals on that submarine, I don't know, and right. say to them, okay, who trained you? And then go to that person and say, who trained you? And then go to that person and say, who trained And you could probably build a tree going all the way back to USS Holland mm-hmm. for people that have trained. So when I say this, I don't say it lightly. Connecticut is on the surface now because of what we all did. All of our corporate experience and training went into Connecticut surviving. Check. But there's more to it than that. We got an entire Navy. And out there on the surface right now, riding in those swells, is a DDG whose entire job is to make sure that aircraft, ships, whatever else, stay the heck away from Connecticut. And they are prepared to take whatever action is necessary to make sure that happens. And I know for a fact that one of the guys on that DDG said, why do we have to do this? Yeah. And they don't realize the importance of it when they're so young. And I get it. When we were on the surface that night, by that time, it was November 1st, 1986. I never knew this until in June of this year. Enterprise, the mighty Enterprise, the Big E, the greatest naval warship this nation has ever had. I don't care what anybody, you can have your Nimitzes, you can have your Gerald Fords. Enterprise was it. She was the fastest. She was the biggest. She was the best. Okay. That's why they built the space shuttle and and she was named after the best one in World (laughs) War II. Exactly. So 
I didn't know this until June of this year. She was in our operating area, operating as a normal task group, carrier task group would have operated. And when she got the word that we were on the surface disabled, she launched combat air patrols with tanker support and E-2 support to get over us as quickly as possible. And this is the amazing part, Eric. She was the fastest ship in the fleet. You know that? She left her task group in the dust heading for us. Booking, yeah. To and it make was sure. of the times. Yeah, because uh, back then, the, the, the Soviet Union, you know, that communist part, I mean, they, they I, I'm sure they had a lot of assets out there in the Pacific, just like we they did over in Atlantic, coming I'm out of Groton, Scotland. Yeah. I'm told by this radio man who was in radio that night, I can verify that because I saw him there little later i'm told by him that enterprise had us covered she was on her way to us and that he had several calls from russians ships asking if we needed help i bet they did come on board for an inspection right. yeah inspection. <laughs> and i make hey, we that, can help you out <laughs> i make that point just to remind people that i know there's a lot of there's a lot of good-natured ribbing between coners and nukes and submariners and surface ship sailors, surface people, yeah. and surface ship sailors and Airedales. But you know what? We're one big Navy. And right now, there's a lot of people putting some efforts into getting Connecticut home safe. So, yeah, it's all due to our training and our passing on of that knowledge. But there's a lot of people working hard to make sure she gets home safe. Well and said, Dave. Go Navy. Beat Man, Army. Beat Army. Beat Army. <laughs> when we did. <laughs> was that a great game? Yeah. Oh, my God. That game was awesome. fantastic. Yeah. Those are the kinds of games I like. You can get me at Dolphin Dave, one word, at SlipperyFish.com. And Eric at the SubVet.com. Eric at the SubVet.com is his address. You can find the Facebook group. I'll say this again because I said it last time, Eric. I'm amazed at how many people I have to say, you cannot come in because you don't answer the questions. Darndipity questions. Wasn't the word I was thinking, but take it for what it's worth. No, no profanity. Answer we the, are a family group. Answer the questions. <laughs> answer agree the questions. to the rules. And you don't come in. And if you want to come in, we'd love to have you. We don't, we don't discriminate against anybody that doesn't answer and it don't send me a thing says, but it says the sub bets. It's for sub bets, right? <laughs> right. It's for anybody interested in subs. Yeah. Check it out there. And of course, check out the podcast as well. And I will give you the last word, Eric. Well, Dave, I think this is a great podcast today. And I think we learned a lot about uh, how, how well, you know, the men, the men and women out there really do work together when it comes out. I mean, when you're young, maybe you don't understand, but you know, when you get a little bit older like us, you're like, dang, it was all worth it. Every single second of it was all worth it. And you can say you're a big part of it. So that's it. For and I'd do it all again. See you next time for Absolutely. the sub bets. <laughs> <laughs>